What up, guys and girls? It's Bobby. And Sean. Coming to you separated today. Uh, recording on Sunday. It is November the 4th? 3rd. November the 3rd. Uh, it's Sunday. I wanted to uh, record our episode for this week. Sorry I missed you guys last week. I was out traveling. I was out in San Francisco. wasn't able to get to the computer, get to the mic, to get on the podcast. So I apologize for that. But we are back to business, back to the normal routine. And next week, Bobby, where are we going to be? I will be in New York City hanging out with you. We're finally going to have a podcast in person. I'll have, we, we, I mean, we've done it before, but, you know. Well, yeah, but in person so much more fun. We can probably do it, like, in some really cool space in New York City. So it's artistic. I'm sure our, our listeners will be able to gauge the artistry from the surrounding area that we go to. Absolutely. Well, Paul Alcabee is me in New York next week, and he said too, so uh, we could probably meet up with him at some point, or he could like, shoot some content as well. But we can talk about oh, that. That'd be cool. Talk about this offline. Uh, but anyways, so this week's episode, as always, is brought to you guys by Paragon Recovery. Uh, use the code Cronus for 15% off, and then if you are military or first responder, hit them all up directly for additional discount code. Uh, I'm a big fan of the supplements. I am still using the night gains, helping with my sleep and the flame off, you know, helping with the anti-inflammatories. And then especially during this open series right now, I'm pretty sore. So the, the flame off is definitely helping me with my, the open performance, even though, you know, I kind of shit the bed last week, but that's neither here nor there. Highly recommend, uh, Paragon. So I'll hit them up if you guys are in need of some supplementation. How's the open going for you? Uh, it's not too bad. I was like in the high 90 percentile in the first two workouts. Then last week with the deadlifts and handstand pushups, I ended up in the 69th percentile because the standard, I don't, maybe it's like my anatomy. I just can't do the handstand pushups very well based on that standard. So like, uh, it just sucks. Cause, uh, like to get to the top, I have to like squeeze everything, like my scabs, my traps and like really hyper extend and be like super straight up. So like it messes up with my cycling. So it's just a lot of time and attention. So it, it just, it just, I just don't do well with that standard. And I, then that was like pretty similar to two years ago from the repeat. I did like pretty, I actually did better than before, but still was not, you know, a good performance by any means. Sorry, my roommate's whistling. Oh, is Daniel there? He is. Is he gonna hop on? Uh, he's gonna hop on next week. Oh, the next week. Okay. Um, I I don't like the standards in general for a lot of these CrossFit open type workouts. Specifically, when you look at burpees, there was an issue with the burpee standard or people standing up, stepping over one footed takeoff, and then you have box jumps people can cheat those like crazy when they stand up they don't extend right you already saw some of the reviews on the snatches guys not opening up their hips i don't understand why on the open they decide to pick exercises that are so difficult to establish standards for and then act surprised when everyone has all of these video submission issues well i think they're doing a better job this year with the video uh review process because I mean, they're penalizing a lot more people, which I think is probably a good thing. But I mean, at the end of the day, like the video review process shouldn't really even be like a question because, you know, the athlete doing the workout with their coach 
should probably judge them appropriately. You know, like the standards are the standards, and well, there should be a penalty for the coaches in the gym that they're in if you are sponsoring an athlete or if your athlete is that named individual that has a history at the games or has a history at what were regionals or going to sanctionals, and you're the head judge or you're the head coach of that facility and you're allowing that stamp to be put on you know, some athlete's page, there should be some accountability on your end. Yeah. After all, you're judging them. You're supposed to be that you know, level two, level three qualified coach or for whatever you know, other certifications you have. And if you don't uphold a standard, I don't know why you should be able to either maintain your affiliation with CrossFit or how there's not a hey, you have a one-year penalty from having athletes compete in the open. Yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit harsh, but I, I definitely see where that's coming from. It's like you got to uphold the standard and you know, in your gym. Something that's like a leader, like it's on you to hold up that standard. Well, Scales Needed had a really good breakdown of or a joke about how standards always fail, but then so does video quality. And we ha- everyone has the newest and greatest phones and then all of a sudden once you have those phones how does the video quality all of a sudden tank so poorly that you can't see someone if their heels are going up above that tape line there's breaks in the video where it shows this is where we're marketing on the wall i'm going to pan out real quick back to the athlete and then pan back to the wall and oh i'm supposed to believe you didn't move your finger down or move the mark Mm -hmm. down it's just really shady stuff i like this is the second time that Brooke Wells has had questions over her standard. I think last year she got dinged like Jacob Hepner did. And then this year in the video review, it's clear that her feet don't go above that line that was established. Yeah. So that, that's questionable. I just, I don't understand why they can't make this an easier process. I like how they're reviewing the top 40 videos or the top 40 athletes every single week. But at the same time, it doesn't take a genius to see that people are doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I like the, uh, the... Did you see that one video with the uh, the one Greek dude? What the fuck is his name? Thea Strad, whatever the fuck his name is. He was, like, number one in the open, or he was, like, number one in the open for, like, the first two workouts. But, like, yes, when they measured... Yeah, when that. they measured... <laughs> that video, they measured him. They, like, use his finger, like, the base of his head where the head touches, like, the wall. That's where they put the finger. And then, like, he shifts off camera, and then they switch fingers on the wall... And then they measure his arm, and they measure like thirty-eight centimeters or like thirty-six centimeters, and they gave him like fifteen centimeters or something like that. They like didn't do the math right too. And I'm like, no, Jesus. they didn't do the math yeah. right at all. It was, and I, I think it's weird that the Greeks, who are like, you know, you go back to any seventh grade algebra class and geometry class, were like, the yeah Archimedes. Yeah, they were known for their <laughs> mathematics. It's like, well, I think clearly your government forgot how to do it since you guys went bankrupt. But it's not that hard now that your gyms are failing to do it as well. So Greek is no longer the math capital of the world, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so that was, I mean, Archimedes, definitely what he was talking about. Yeah, they're going to be uh, disappointed when he gets knocked off. I, I think it's funny when you look at some people throughout the workout, too. There was that one guy last year who... Or two years ago, he just looped his one round of, I think it was double oh, yeah, unders yeah, yeah. and snatches. Double unders and snatches. Yeah. Some, like Baumgartner. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Baumgart- Bachmeyer or some shit. Bachmeyer, that's it. I, we got Bachmeyered. And then I think this guy, someone said in one of the videos for the Greek that 
the sound was slightly off and it looked as if someone had sped up the recording. And then if you look at the video and watch it, it's really weird because the clock is very out of focus. Oh my God. <laughs> so there's now some deep state conspiracies that this Greek athlete might have also sped up his performance by, you know, even a fraction of a second could, you know, greatly impact your yeah. score and your performance when that's, you know, if you finish in the top 20, you're done until the games. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. The current system with the open, I actually kind of like the whole sanctional thing because it kind of takes away from the, from qualifying through the open. Uh, so kind of like the, like takes the, that like doubt out of it because it's the athletes, uh, not everyone can qualify through the open. Right. And then I would argue like the sanctionals are like co- in-person competitions are going to be like your best, you know, judge of who deserves to go to the games. Right. Cause like it's standard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the sanctionals are going to be a lot more fun to watch when you have a bunch of former games athlete that maybe they didn't finish. Is it top 20 or top 40 in the open automatically get a bid now? It's t- top 20 till still this year, but I think next year it's supposed to drop down, I want to say, but I don't know. So we get the top 20. I think, you know, guys like uh, Brent Fikowski might have a hard time qualifying through the open, especially since we've not really had like a taller man's workout yet. Yeah. I'm sorry, taller man or woman's workout yet. Taller persons. Taller persons. Uh, but when we don't have those workouts, it's like, I don't know how you're going to break in, especially when you've got guys doing like 28, 29, 30 rounds on the dumbbell thruster, uh, double under toes to bar. That's just, yeah. that screams like, limiting the mobility that i have and then boom you're you're just going to be at a disadvantage the taller you are yeah but i mean it's neither here nor there i'm not i guess for like 99.9 percent people it doesn't really matter and but i don't know i don't i might not even do the open next year anymore i kind of like wonder if it's even worth doing it but it is fun you know to get like everybody in the gym comes through and then like you have like a day where everybody's hanging out and doing the open together I think it's a good experience, but like just the open itself is like stupid. I think. I like the open, but it it reminds me every single year of the things in CrossFit that I disliked. Yeah, and it's a lack of traditional cardio, no. <laughs> uh, some accountability. Yeah, that was always the worst. Is when you had guys in the gym that you knew cheated on the workout or didn't do a full ten rounds you know, maybe cut a couple off and nobody was there holding their hand in the process. And then they can just tell you, oh yeah, I did this in this time. And you're like, I can't call you out on it because there's no video proof or that's such a strange movement that we have to test this week. And all of a sudden now you've got this ego element that's coming into the gym. Everyone should just be happy that someone's there working out anyway and just being trying to make themselves better. But when you take a shortcut, knowing that you're in competition with someone else. That's one of the reasons I really disliked a lot of the boxes. Yeah. It's like a rough spot to be in, I feel. But next week when you're here, we can do all the traditional cardio you want. Yeah. we've got a runner. I was just going to, like, eat lots of good food. All right, we've got a couple great pizza places. I'm not listing them on the podcast because they have not shown the love and because I haven't approached them for sponsoring us for free slices. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Sponsor slices. That'd be sick. Yeah, maybe next week when you're here, we'll just go by. Like, hey, we've got a fitness podcast. 
and you're a pizza store, so let's figure out how they work together. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Oh, well, how was out in uh, San Francisco? The, the fires out there were awful this last week. Yeah, and a half. so it was it was interesting. So I was there for a conference. Uh, one of my buddies from West Point uh, got out and works for a startup in the Silicon Valley. So I stayed with him. He lives like about an hour away from San Francisco. Or like not even like 30 minutes from San Francisco. So I was there for a surgery conference. It's it's the yearly um, American Congress of Surgeons, like the organizing body of American surgeons. They had their uh, yearly conference in San Francisco. And uh, it was just a, it was a pretty good trip. I like flew out there and just sat in on like panels and like lectures. So it was interesting kind of seeing um, like the meeting of the minds and like getting kind of like the information from uh, like the industry leaders right now on some topics. So it was kind of, it was cool. That's awesome. What did you think of San Francisco itself while you were out there? Did you get to do any cool sightseeing? You go anywhere, you do any kind of fitness challenges? Yeah. So I, I didn't really work. I actually didn't work hard at all when I was there, but, um, like I went to the, saw Alcatraz, went, like went to the pier, saw Alcatraz, like saw a good view of the Golden Gate, like walked through Chinatown, walked around a bunch. Um, I actually think like you could sw- swim from Alcatraz. Fuck no, man. It's like a mile swim, I want to say. But, like, just looking at the water, it is super choppy and, like, really. There's definitely some currents under there. So, I don't. There's no way. The the current goes out of the bay, I think, most of the day. There's something. Something I remember as a child because I was terrified of sharks and thinking if I had to swim from Alcatraz. I would clearly be eaten because I'm a tasty snack. But they were saying there aren't as many sharks in the bay because the water pressure coming out into the ocean is so great that sharks don't even see it worthwhile to swim uh, into to the swim bay, yeah. except for like limited times. But it's it's way too strong for most marine wildlife. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I thought someone I read somewhere that I was like, if you swam for Alcatraz in San Francisco, you'd have to swim like double distance because you'd have to like fight the, like swim you know diagonal with the current essentially and the water's freezing yeah it was kind of gross and full too. of shocks yeah and really gross uh but it was a cool trip San Francisco was actually really nice it reminds me a lot of Seattle like very similar vibes to Seattle oh Mine, it's, it's a beautiful city a lot of flannel a lot of beards really a lot I of didn't... like skinny jeans with like the rolled cuffs I didn't know so many hipsters. Maybe I, I saw like a lot of like, like uh, I guess like yuppies more than anything. Um, oh, you, you probably know. saw a lot of the tech guys. Yeah, in like the tech guys. Tech area. Yeah. And yeah. Then, like, you didn't go to the cool places with all of the, the bars and the coffee shops. Mostly coffee shops. Uh huh. No, I went to a couple of coffee shops. I didn't. I I just saw like mostly professional people because I was mostly downtown. Maybe that's why. Every but, single uh, time. I've flown into San Francisco. I see bumper stickers everywhere that says like UCLA and then some like computer science yeah. degree or engineering. You're just like, man, there are so many. I, I wonder what would be the smartest city per capita, both on the West Coast, East Coast. I'm not even going to consider anything in Central <laughs> United States or the South because <laughs> we all know the answer. <laughs> what, what would you say on the West Coast? Well, I know it's like Bay Area. You've got like Berkeley. You've got UC SF. You have uh, Stanford. All of them like 
30 minutes of each other. So I'd imagine like San Francisco is pretty, pretty up there in terms of intelligence wise. Boston, I, I guess you have a lot with like uh, Harvard and MIT in Boston. Um, New York, you got like what, Columbia, NYU. What else in New York City? Fordham. Yeah, but Fordham's not a really good undergrad school. Dude. Great law school, though. <laughs> I, uh, uh, speaking of D- surgery, DC, DC oh, yeah. is a swamp. So that, that's got zero intelligence yeah. right now. We've lost intelligence. That's like, uh, speaking of like, uh, Ivy leagues, um, I've been getting a lot of rejection letters from, from residencies. Oh, but it's not, it doesn't really matter. Cause, uh, so for the army this year, they made us all apply for, uh, for U.S., like they met us apply for civilian residencies as well, on top of military residencies. Uh, but there's like no reason that I would ever choose a civilian residency, just because one, it doesn't count as uh, it adds more time to your obligation to back, and it doesn't count for anything really. So like six year residency, I owe six more years when I come after I graduate from residency. So that's like, you know, it doesn't even doesn't even count towards retirement. The, the years I put in residency. Oh my God! So you'd be twelve years then in the hole. Yeah. Starting. No. Yeah, no, twelve years you. starting as an as an attending. So I'd be like, what, like thirty six when I would come back in, and I would owe twelve years, or no, I owe t- ten years right off the bat. But then, like those six years of residency, like, or that wouldn't count towards retirement because right now, if I go like the plan is to go like army residency, because those years in residency would count for retirement. So I. Only when when I'm done paying back my time, I'd only owe like five. Or I don't. I owe ten years, or I would owe how many? What is it? Four, five years, essentially. But like, uh, I'd be at like fifteen years when I would pay back on my time. So then that'd be I'd be like able to retire at like forty six. I think I did the math that way. Yeah, but the good news is that you're not talking about is by the time you get to that point where you're thinking about retiring, think of the PT standard that you're going to have to follow. It's going to be like 36 push-ups to pass, maybe a 17.32 mile, probably like throw a beanbag like five feet across a room or whatever else they want to like introduce yeah. and just drop salty standards. Yeah, this is a soft standards anyways. Um, but anyways, back to my story, what I was saying was just that... Uh, so I applied on civilian match. Uh, so the like places I applied to were like Brigham and Women's University, which is Harvard School. I applied to NYU. I applied to like Columbia. Where else I apply? Like Hopkins. Uh, like all the like Yale, Princeton. I think Princeton has one, but like all like the Ivy Leagues in the area, just to see like where I could get into. And so far, I've gotten zero interview offers. <laughs> but have you been sending your like DD two fourteen? Or a picture of you in uniform? Uh, I, I, so, yes, I did. My uniform, or my picture on my profile is actually a, a uniform picture, and then I made sure to include all that stuff in my CV. Did you at least get a thank you for your service in the rejection letters? No. It was just like a generic one. It's kind of sad. Very sad. That's unacceptable. Yeah, very sad. So... I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want really to give a shit. It's more so to, like, stroke my own ego to see if I can get any any interview offers from, like, the Ivy programs. But uh, it doesn't really matter to me. 
No, I get it. I'm going to be in the boat applying to summer internships here in the next three months. Yeah. How does that work? So I'm sure you can go individually and try to apply to work at big law firms, which is more difficult to do coming off of your 1L year. Most 1Ls into 2L will do a public interest internship where they can have at least one paper they work on while they're in the internship or the job, uh, the work government routes. I'm trying to work for either like the Southern District or work for the SEC, but there are a lot of awesome nonprofits that the school has really great relationships with. Yeah. And if the first internship that you're in doesn't really define what you do for your second summer internship and then your eventual job, it's more of a learning experience, then I'd rather go to a learning experience that actually leaves like a longer lasting impact where I might be given or afforded more opportunity to help a community than I otherwise would, you know, what you see in your, your second year, mm-hmm. uh, summer. Gotcha. So, uh, so there's only, I guess like partnerships that you can go through with the school or it's just like you kind of find your own, which one? There definitely are. And I'm going to go to the career resource planner, uh, in the next couple of weeks, you can't even apply for internships until the 1st of December, which is when most of the government positions will start opening up. But they're typically the last to let you know if they have a spot for you. Uh-huh. And uh, in the winter break and then before spring break will just kind of be a mad dash of trying to get some interviews going. Uh, you can like go simply onto like some usajobs.com type websites or if you know individuals that are attorneys at firms they can help get you in and building a resume tailored to that specific organization but at the end of the day it's just what kind of law do you want to practice there's a lot of people that come to law school that were paralegals so they worked in larger law firms or even mid-sized law firms they have a really good taste for the lingo and the practice and what attorneys do. Uh-huh. And because of that, they're like, oh, I want to go to this firm or that firm. I can't name you a single private big firm. So some people have a very clear idea because they might have parents or, again, that prior work experience. I've got none of that. Right. So I'm kind of just, I, I still want to do something on the government side of the house or something that you know tends to lend itself towards a selfless type of service rather than making money. But you know that second ski house and... Chateau and Vale is not going to pay for itself, so I got to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, you got to start. Yeah, I started networking earlier. Gotta Absolutely, got to get in with the big firms now. Oh, I'll I'll try to. I mean, I've been going and just sending out my headshot. Yeah, like a professional headshot, and I just send them to CEOs with like written in lipstick. Call me. But you should I do that. Any responses? Toss in like some CDs of, of your uh, podcast. Like they, uh, I should. Yeah. Or MP3 sticks. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. they have the same uh, disdain that the army does for using <laughs> those. <laughs> Do not plug in. I was when I was actually funny you mentioned that because I was in San Francisco and then uh, we were walking in San Francisco and some dude was hanging out his mis was handing out copies of his mixtape. I was like, people still do this. I don't like. <laughs> well, I told you one of the first weekends I was here, I got yelled at by a SoundCloud rapper on the subway. Uh huh. And I'm standing there, and he's doing his thing, spitting out bars. I have my noise-canceling headphones on, but clearly he's in the zone, and he looks at me, and 
no longer does it look like his mouth is moving rhythmically. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, is he talking to me? It's like, well, sure enough, he's talking to me. And I, you know, I uncup one of my ears and he is just dropping some absolute. I've never heard these insults in my life. And Damn. I'm trying to just keep up with the insults and the connections that he's making to my mother, then back to me, then to what other thing he's referencing. And I, I'm too slow on the uptake. And then at the end of it, he, he tells me, now go listen to my music. <laughs> I'm right. like, that's not the way you should have said it. You could have tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I know you missed my uh, encore performance here on the train. I want you to know you can find me on Spotify under this name. I would have surely looked him up. But after that, I said, I, I will definitely not look to employ you at any future gigs. I will not r- refer you for any of my friends' bar or bat mitzvahs. Like, you, sir, will not be employed by my services nor my phone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a real thing? People, This guy's yelling at me. Uh, I've offended this man. How how are the New York subways? I don't know. I always see like the pictures of like what is it the creatures of the sub New York subway or whatever. Oh, New- yeah, subways uh, or creatures of New York subways, great. I haven't seen any famous people yet. I have only seen a lot of people come from Brooklyn on the L uh-huh. with their bikes. Uh-huh. You can bike from Brooklyn into Manhattan, but these people are getting on the subway with a bike, which takes up way more room than they should, and then they continue to take their bike all the way to their final destination maybe riding it a total of 400 meters uh, which just blows my mind because yeah. it's so crowded in the morning and all i want to do is get a seat what i did do though when i first got here if you were a female i automatically gave my seat up wow so nice i would get up i'd be you know i'd be that chivalrous individual and i'd provide that seat if if i if i had it and i have become less chivalrous throughout the course of my stay here. Now it's like I have a very specific uh, target for giving up my seat. That condition has to be met. And that is, you know, an elderly person, man or woman, doesn't matter, a person that is traveling with a children, a child, uh, a woman who appears to be pregnant, um, though I would dare not ask them if they really were, but if they appear to be pregnant, I'll, I'll give up my seat. But if you are under the age of you look old to my age, I'm not getting up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like it's hot in there. I'm just gonna sit and I'll be glad to, you know, hand the seat off to you when I get to my stop. Yeah, I was like uh I I guess the so the train that I would take to school isn't as bad as the New York subway. It doesn't get like the what they're like pretty new trains. Uh the only thing that's that happens on on my train a lot is I've seen like multiple multiple people like shoot up on the train, which is kind of sketchy. Oof. And then that is really I haven't seen that kind of I've seen people sick on the train barfing. No, I see people like shooting up like once a month, just because uh the, the train that I take to school because my school is in Camden, so all the people in the suburbs that live in the suburbs that are like addicts will take the train into Camden they buy the drugs and then they will sometimes shoot up on the train coming back into the suburbs that's nuts the trains today were super packed because of the marathon oh yeah that's right would you ever do a marathon did i tell you you have done a marathon i run the philadelphia marathon in a couple weeks yeah i don't know how i space that yeah i don't know how people train for that i i would feel so bored running that distance yeah i'm not training for it (laughs) 
<laughs> My mom's You're gonna freaking be out. Pumped up a noof. Like the the whole crowd was awesome in the city. They had sponges yeah. that they were handing out. I've never seen someone hand out a sponge. Sponge. They yeah, they had a sponge and you could like wipe yourself off. They had a biofreeze stand uh-huh. where you could run by and they would spray down any part that that was feeling tight or what? uncomfortable. Yeah, it was cool. Uh the man that one ran a 207 or 208, the woman that run, ran it in one had like a 222. It was the first time that she was running. She was that was her debut race for the marathon. She has like the world record and yeah. like the 10 and 20k. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I think I think Kenyans finished first and second in both the men and women's race. And then the first American for the men to finish was sixth place. Like, a, I think his last name is Ward. And then I think around fifth or sixth place, too, for the women. Huh. Yeah, I'm not trying to finish in a certain time. I'm just trying to th- not to die. I think just finishing would be great. Yeah. I was talking, actually, I was talking to Brian earlier, trying to come up with, like, my race strategy. With, like, uh, heart rate and, like, nutrition strategy. So he told me to take a, to eat a gel pack every 30 minutes and, to like, keep my heart rate, like, less than 130, which is, I think is super low. So I'll see how it goes. I know I'm not a problem running slow. Like I just think the problem with trying to go with a sub-130 heart rate is if you haven't been practicing doing, like, zone running, Yeah, that's going to be really, like, impractical from a – from a patient's perspective for you because you're going to be tracking that and go, okay, I'm going to be down at like a 930 yeah. because you haven't conditioned your body to running at that kind of a level. Yeah. Like was, I, like this morning, I skied for an hour on the skier and I like barely was breathing and like my heart rate monitor said I was like at one, like a 150 average for an hour and I was like essentially nasal breathing the entire, what, the entire time. So I don't, I don't really know how my heart works. <laughs> it's like weird. For like low, I think you know how your heart works, doctor. Yeah, I'm saying like low intensity work. Like my heart rate is still pretty high for low intensity work when it isn't hard work. You know, it's weird. I guess that's that's a, a valid point. I haven't. I stopped wearing my heart rate monitor when I moved out to the East Coast, and uh, frankly, just forgot to charge my watch. Yeah. So yeah, I've only recently started, I started. I used to I used to wear it more often, but like I haven't wearing it as much lately. The only reason why I was wearing it today was just because I was interested in seeing like what like you know this effort equates to this heart rate. You know. Well, speaking about effort, uh, you and I were talking about one of the programs that we're going to start writing and looking into, and that's the new uh, ACTF. AFCT, ATC fee, what was it? AFES? Yeah, <laughs> the, the new Army PT test. Yeah, ACFT. And, yeah, yeah, and its movements. Uh, what is the biggest thing when looking at that program that guys will have to get used to if they go from strictly training like body weight, push-ups, sit-ups, run to something like this? Uh, you need to actually like lift weights without a doubt. You have to do like actually like lifting and like doing some like, sh- like strength and like power development. And how do you enter that kind of realm of gym work if you have no experience in it, and then you also have commanders that have very little experience without injuring yourself or getting into, 
you know, that stigma of I don't want to get too bulky and be slow. Yeah, I actually not sure what the best answer is because, like, I mean, there are strength coaches, but the best thing is just to find someone that knows what they're doing. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna start working. I'm gonna start working on the ACF, our like our ACFT program. Uh, I think it's gonna do like an eight week program. But like with it, I'm definitely gonna put some like power development and strength development because there's like a lot of power movements in this in this in the test. You have like the standing the the med ball throw and that like sprint drag carry event where you're like laying down from the ground, like getting up sprinting, coming back, like side shuffling, dragging, and like farmers carrying. So there's like a lot of like uh, power and strength events. Like so, it's gonna be actually like. I think it would kind of be fun to write because there's a lot of cool things that you can do. So you need like plyometrics, like ladder drills and like, um, cone drills for like some, um, like some, uh, well then the uh, core work too. Yeah. I mean, the, the knees to elbow, yeah. Uh, or the hanging knees to elbow. I think the first guy to actually max the entire event was a major in some, like chemical battalion. Yeah, it was like a chemo. Yeah, video. But I think the hardest part for a lot of people is you go from those events, which are more anaerobic, and then you still have to go and do the run. Yeah, two mile run. And I don't think the time has changed for maxing on that two mile run. I still think it's like thirteen for that traditional seventeen to twenty year old, seventeen to twenty one year old uh, age bracket. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it's like this, like because it's like no more than it's like a three minute rest between events too, so it's like a pretty fast like turnaround between some of these events. I think it's actually like a decent workout. Yeah, I think when it first came out, a lot of people did not give it an opportunity to soak in uh, what kind of workout that was gonna you know, develop for every single soldier and how in general it was going to make us more well-rounded in our training philosophy because like a med ball throw, that's silly on its own. Uh, the hand release push-ups, okay, it's a different standard. This weird uh, sled drag, like strong man carry, medley, yeah. strong man kind of thing, the hex bar deadlift, like each one of those is not overly impressive but when you have to do everything back to back i've seen a couple of companies run through it and it takes a couple hours yeah you have to have about eight graders to really establish a consistency like per platoon so that you can move individuals along i had to put together a brief training plan and then an equipment request so that all of the companies had enough materials to adequately do this once a month or once every six months. However, you know, their command established that they would test guys, but I don't know. I still like the RPFT. It's still simple. I really, uh, like the components of the raw test, um, and the RPAT. It's, I, I don't know why we created something new. We, you could have easily just gone and done that. I thought that was a great test of, of combat capability and strength. Well, I mean, the, uh, the ACFT is pretty much, I thought it was, like, based on the RPAT, like, the text bar deadlift, the hand release, or the menstrual push-ups are, are, like, comparable to hand release push-ups, like, uh, I don't know, the leg tucks, that's, like, straight from RPAT, or the raw assessment. Well, yeah, well, that was the ankles to bar, though. Yeah. I liked, I thought the ankles to bar were, were a little bit more difficult, because you had to, there was just more movement that you had to do to get up to that position. 
Yeah. I actually look at the standards because I don't, because I think you have to come all the way down, like your arms straight in between reps on the leg tug. Yeah, I think it's either, I think you have to stay at that, your arm has to maintain that 90 degree angle. Yeah. But you do have to come completely down. Yeah. Uh, I liked the standing broad jump. I liked the 5105 uh, that we had at Regiment. Yeah. That was fun. The the 300 meter shuttle sprint I thought was way more challenging than it sounds, especially when you're like, oh, you only have to do this in under a certain amount of time. And all of a sudden you realize and factor in all of the complete stops and turns that you go into. Yeah. And how much strength rested in your hips and ability to to turn over right i think it's a it's awesome i i love though that the army is just trying to transition i've heard from a lot of junior officers and uh, some more seniors that they don't like the test and then when you start putting these people into categories of okay was this guy fit to begin with yeah no. okay <laughs> i i don't care what your opinion was because you weren't good enough on the last PT test anyway and then you hear something from someone who maybe has a little bit of background in weightlifting they're like oh it's okay it's a little bit simple but you're like okay but you're also very very slow at running so I can understand why you hate some of this because there's cardio to begin with I I just think we're going to get a lot of those people out of the military especially with the new what is it the army pinks and greens Uh the new uniform I think you can't look fat in that like you can get away with it with the old Cav uh, ASUs, but the new one with the belt and, you know, it being a lighter color, I don't oh, think you're yeah. going to be able to hide some of the, <laughs> the weight issues. I didn't even think about that that aspect of it. But I loved, like, uh, when those first, like, announced, like, on uh, the Army Times or whatever, reading the comments from people from the Army Times, I'm like, none of you motherfuckers look like you actually work out. So I don't think you guys have a valid opinion on, like, what fitness is, <laughs> you know? It's like people are like, oh, no, some people are going to hurt. I'm like, honestly, if you get hurt doing a trap bar deadlift, like, you are – some like, somebody has failed you, like, doing I think, a trap yeah, bar Yeah, someone has failed you or you don't want to take responsibility. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to a desire not to own up to failures yeah. or, you know, to limit your successes to – to just your own actions because I remember reading a couple articles that had come out on LinkedIn as I was transitioning and you have to maintain like a professional network and reading some stuff from retired individuals that were saying, you know, that the reason why CrossFit is suing the, was it NSCA? Yeah. Because they put out, you know, fake news articles about how so many people were being injured by CrossFit at a higher rate than traditional lifting and that it was causing all these long lasting issues for athletes and it all ends up being bunk. It's the same thing that a lot of these boomers were pushing in their posts about how the army has drastically changed. And then you go and do a little bit of research on these people and you see that they were like the most admin of admin types in the army. They were the furthest from any kind of violence or fitness ever. And just because they wore a uniform that was the same setup as, you know, a dude that was actually fighting, now they're all of a sudden they're equal in every civilian's eyes and their their opinion matters. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, I, I honestly think the ACFT is like a pretty good test, like a really good test of fitness because it measures something like different domains. And, and then it's just like, 
um like once you set the test like people have to start training for the test and that really like drives the emphasis like the you know like the the emphasis or like the 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 training for that test but i think that's gonna at the end of the day draw or like create a more much fitter army and I think it's going to do a great job, too, at establishing some standards when it comes to the introduction of MOS-specific results on that test yeah. or gender-neutral results. Yeah. Because everyone could always say, oh, this is an unfair test on the push-ups and sit-ups uh, based on the muscle mass that individuals would have just from genetics. Or, oh, this female, I remember always hearing, that she couldn't really do 60 correct push-ups. It must have been her greater. Well, all of a sudden, we're going to start throwing actual weight in there that you you can't hide poor form from or you mm-hmm. can't hide weakness from. And so when you start seeing both men and women that you were claiming weren't meeting the standards start crushing this weight and then they still beat you, it's just going to put a lot of people into that position of keeping their mouth shut yeah. when it comes to criticizing others and not just you know trying to be the best that they can be. Yeah. I almost wish that the the run they changed the two mile to five mile run. I would love to have seen that and see what people have said to that shit. Yeah, I think the same question that they initially raised when the nineteen women were trying out for Ranger School. One of the conversations that was had up at uh, the congressional level when reviewing the RPFT was why does it have to be five miles? Like, why is that such like an arbitrary number? Um, and the same thing for push-ups. Why do you have to do, you know, the 42 or the 50 push-ups, or why do you have to get 70 push-ups to max? And so it was just uh, an analysis of the standards that were and why you had to have them. So if we pushed to five miles, same guys would be like, I've never run five miles in combat. I did, you know, three tours to Afghanistan, and I never got out of my MRAP. Like, well, okay, I can... From your experiences, I can see why you would say that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, wasn't there you like go. wasn't like the uh, original distances set for a reason. I, I remember someone telling me that they the, like the two mile run was picked for a certain reason. I can't. Do you remember what the reason was? It was. Oh, I can't remember. I just remember when my parents were in. They used to have to do the two mile in boots and uniform bottoms. Yeah, because I know like the twelve mile rock is to like because it's like them like how much like back in like you know like the revolution like the before like vehicles i was like 12 miles how much you'd march in a day or something like that like in, a, in yeah, like i think a, that was like the standard movement for like an for army that's actually why in the ranger v3 program we get back to doing a 10 miler once a week and then a 20 miler once a quarter yeah um, but yeah, it's interesting to think about because I mean, like, a two mile run isn't really—I don't really consider two miles like an aerobic thing, you know, an aerobic event. For, like, it's like a pretty much like a almost like a lactic threshold type thing. I would co- I would consider it uh, aerobic. I think a mile. Yeah, I'm gonna say borderline less, aerobic. Yeah, it's definitely borderline. It's like you know that that five k race pace. You, yeah. Do you want to drop like ten seconds or fifteen seconds more per mile? Can you can you afford that? Especially, I think a lot of it matters to where you're running. If you're at mm-hmm. elevation, it definitely burns. If you are down at sea level, then you know you you don't have too many excuses except maybe like some humidity for the the time that you're running. Yeah. But I would love to see the five mile. I think the five miles, awesome. Uh, 
you've got to train and put more work into it to prepare and to just meet the standard. And then because you have more time that you can allocate to different scores, it'd be a lot easier to say when someone's really good at something and when someone sucks. I mean, if you run like a 15-minute two-mile, you're not that that far off maxing. But if you run a 40-minute five-mile, you are like barely passing Mm -hmm. versus if you want to be competitive running like a 32 to a 34 for that, you know, 85th to 90th percentile. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know which one. Which one would you rather run, two or five? I'd rather run five. Really? Man, five miles, I always get like Every day. super gas in five. When my dad uh, trained up for school and then following school, he would make guys do a two mile for time uh-huh. and then immediately transition into the five. <laughs> and so it was a two part test and he'd yeah. get guys that would run, you know, at 12 to 13 minutes and then be like, okay, well, I wonder how how much you can recover on three miles here. Yeah. Don't, don't fall off the pace too, too badly. That's interesting. That's a cool test. Oh, I, I think five is great. I remember when I took, uh, the five mile at Bullock, uh, they did it down by the airfield and we started at the bottom of little cardiac. Yeah. And so it's relatively downhill. And I remember getting to like that first mile and my split was like a 619. And I remember vividly looking over at my buddy, Matt, who was running next to me and said, this is going to be absolutely awful. (laughs) Like we went way too fast and hit the turnaround and something like 16 flat and just said, this is the most painful I will feel because that back half of the run as you start going up uh, past the uh, the hangar is nothing but uphill. It's just that slow, gradual uphill for almost an entire mile. Um, and I remember f- finishing and just being wiped out for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like the, har- the hardest I'd ever run because it was so easy to just let your body fall downhill and I didn't do a good job of pacing at all. Yeah, it's always tough to pace a five. Like that was my issue with the five miles. I always get like, um, like my legs. I feel like my legs get tired before my lungs and heart get tired. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good thing that, you know, I think it was a good observation. Um. Yeah. What else is going on? Rick and Morty comes out soon. Oh yeah, next week Rick and Morty comes out next Sunday. I can't wait. Uh, Jack Ryan just came out. I haven't oh, watched yeah. a single episode. I need to watch that I'm, too. Af- I'm afraid I'm going to like blow off all of my school studies. In. Yeah, Christina and I want to start um, doing like we want to like wait for a weekend that we can both sit down and just binge the entire thing. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that over winter break when all of my finals are done. Yeah, nothing else to do. Other than apply to internships. Um, we should, uh, so our, uh, I was talking, I was just looking at the, um, leaderboard for the open. There's actually a lot of dudes have signed up for it. Or, and how yeah, are they doing? Uh, or how many, how many prize packs are we going to have to give out Bobby? Uh, I don't know. Probably a lot actually. 
It was like Who's 14 kicking guys your ass? There's, there's the cadet from West Point. Yeah. There's uh, my buddy Hector, but he actually is going to not be able to finish the Open because he went to Ranger School today. <laughs> so he's going to fall out the top. Uh, oh, we should send him uh, a stickers while he's in school so he can yeah, I don't mark up his right in the rain. I don't know what the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, address is for Ranger School. I haven't sent, it any, sent like anything to, to Ranger School in a long time. Dark memories. Yeah. I was always, letter call is always super depressing for me. A mail call. I never got shit at Ranger School. Sad. Oh, I had a letter from my mom every single day. <laughs> wow. Must have been nice. You're like that guy. I didn't get a single fucking I, letter. <coughs> yeah, I got. And then uh, my parents sent like a bunch of food. So after we finished Mountains, uh-huh. uh, they expected that. You know, like when my dad went, you they just had a little bit more time to eat as much as they wanted yeah. versus being like, hey, you have 30 minutes and everything else. You have to leave here. Uh-huh. And so we had enough to feast on, but we couldn't finish. Like I love the du- double chocolate chip uh, Otis Spunkmeyer uh, muffins. Couldn't oh. finish those. Uh, tried to go through a sleeve, an entire jar of peanut butter. A lot of healthy eating. Dude, uh, I was but we had to leave like so much of it. I'm sure all the IRs, uh, RIs just ended up, like, housing it after we left anyway. So when I went through, after Florida, when we got our care packages, they gave it to us on the bus. So we ate them on the bus going back. And my mom actually sent me, like, Costco-sized things. So she sent me a Costco thing of candy bars, like a Costco thing of, like, <laughs> like snacks. And I was, like, about to throw up. I probably ate, like, 15 candy bars, like, full-size candy bars from Costco. We didn't have that, but we had, uh, I think they gave us like, I want to say almost every single person had three or four MREs for the drive back. And I don't know why, but I had the meatballs and marinara when it came with mashed potatoes. Uh And I remember trading so that I could get like the pretzel sticks with it. Because I wanted to like mash it all up and have like uh, breadcrumbs on top of the like pasta that I tried to make. I loved the meatballs and marinara MRE. Like I thought that was the best MRE because you could make key lime pie with the electrolyte powder, (laughs) uh, some of the creamer from the coffee, and then your uh, wheat snack bread. If you mushed it all together, you made a uh, key lime pie, which I was famous for. I was the chef. Oh my god. Yeah, I was never that deep into, like, the MRE cooking. I just ate it, like, as, you know, as fast as I could eat. I was actually uh, listening to Dave Goggins' audiobook today when I was skiing, and he talks about his ranger school experience and just made me laugh. Like when Was triggered. he saying anything different than than yours, or did you just get triggered? I No, it just, like, just triggered a bunch of memories of ranger school. And like how fucking cold it was because I was I went through range in uh, winter. Oh, dude! I would never, never go in winter ever. It was so cold. I I will never forget this one moment when we were in mountains and uh, it was the first like it was like a first patrol in mountains. I remember like a storm was rolling in. I remember sitting there pulling security, watching the spider freeze to death in front of me. Like he was moving in his web. And then, like, the, the the snow and the cold air started blowing in, and he just slowly stopped moving and just f- stopped. And I was like, wow, I just watched 
a, f- a spider die in front of me <laughs> with the cold. Yeah, I went through in the summer uh, hurricane season. So the like second or third day of the train up before we went on the 10 day FTX, I remember it being like so brutally hot. And my Cento watch had a barometer on it. Uh-huh. And I just remember telling myself, this is going to be such an awful experience if it's over 100 degrees every day. And then every single day without fail, my watch would go off as the pressure would drop. And I'd have the RIs come and be like, are we, sp- are we getting rain today? Ranger would be like, uh, Roger, sir, uh, I think it's dropping right now. Come back in five minutes. This thing will go off. And then it would be like, great, lightning lockdown. Time to, time to go find a nice place to like get incredibly wet but more comfortable than, you know, taking your ruck through the weaver and all the other swamp movements. Yeah. Florida sucked. It was like weird. Cause like when I was in, I was like, in, it was like February when I was in mountains and that was like in, it was like March slash April while I was in Florida. So I went from like hurricanes or like it started getting rain, like rain started coming through and that was fucking miserable raining in Florida. I remember I woke up one day and I was like warm when I woke up. I was like, Oh, this is nice. I'm warm. And my baby sack, and I'd realized that it rained overnight, and I was sleeping in a puddle of water. And the only reason why I was warm is because my body heat had heated up the water at the body temperature. And then when I got oh. out of my baby sack, I just started shivering. It didn't stop shivering until like 1700 that night when we started doing actions on. <laughs> or when we started moving, I, wore, I, mean. I wore the same pair of pants for nine out of the ten days That's in Florida. disgusting. And I could stand, I could literally stand them up. That's so gross. Why? It was disgusting. But because I wanted, I knew that once the phase was over, I didn't want to get stuck waiting to have like a clean pair of bottoms. Because I think we had to have like three or four uh-huh. uh, as part of the packing list. And I knew that, okay, I'm going to the very last day change into a clean pair. So that I just have like a very lovely experience walking back to camp. And then... The next day or two when everyone's doing laundry, I'm not going to rush to get my stuff cleaned because I don't have to. Yeah, just do it all out. Yeah, and then realizing that that wasn't my biggest issue. I should have been worrying about the boards was way way bigger of an issue for not wearing a helmet than (laughs) making my pants as rigid as possible. Oh, my God. Good times. Good times at school. Would you go back? Yeah, if they made it a requirement that like every ten years you had to recertify. <laughs> recertify? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I would I would actually love that though, because there are I mean we talk about it being like a, a wearer or a bearer. Yeah. And you've got guys that get that tab and then they check out for the rest of their career. I mean, once they get that little piece of cloth, whatever branch that they're in, that all of a sudden that validates their existence. And so that's always been a huge I think talking point because you see guys that don't have the tab and you're like, well, you're in a branch that you should have it, but you're like a really good dude. You're fit. Okay. What was the story behind you not passing the course or, yeah, you know, what's, what's the reason why you weren't successful through school? And then you see guys that have the tab and then they put on 30 to 40 pounds and they're just, you like, you want to take the tab off their shoulder. I remember at triple C, we were doing a ruck and a tab dude was falling out. And, like, I almost had an aneurysm. Like, I couldn't, that did not compute. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you have this thing and you're losing to foreign service members who have never really ever done a force 
movement mm-hmm. or at least not like to the extent that, you know, we were and in the training cycle and they're keeping up and they're, they've got that grit, but you're back here like slobbering and crying, you know, over your ruck with your head down. And we've not even gone like six miles. Like what is your malfunction, dude? Yeah. I actually would kind of be interesting going back to ranger school just to see if I could kick it for one, one block or like one, uh, one phase. Just see if I, I think going it. back though, you'd, it wouldn't be as intimidating because you everyone yeah. knows exactly what Ranger School yeah. is like. So I think getting yelled at wouldn't do as much for me anymore. Knowing no. what the grading standard is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fret it. I think it'd be interesting to see if you'd retain some of that knowledge on team and squad movements and being able to formulate an op board how they want to see it. But I don't think it would be like overly challenging. It would just be like, okay, I know this is gonna suck. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought like uh, it definitely taught me a lot about myself and like how much pre- like uh, pain that we can take. Yeah, I think if I went back now, though, like having how many I think I have almost like two and a half or three years of PL time. Yeah. I, if I was made like a PL for like a movement or planning. I'd be very like happy, like no, we're, we're we got four. What do we have? Four hours? Okay, yeah. Come wake me up in three. <laughs> you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see you on the objective. I I know where this is at. We're good. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good times. Um, yeah. Dude, oh, by the way, the new uh, series that's coming out December twentieth, The Witcher on Netflix. Have you seen Henry Cavill's? Uh trailer for that no i have not i just know he's in it dude the witcher is such a good series uh so i'm gonna butcher the guy's name but it's by a guy named andre sapkowski sure Uh, and it's such like if you're a fan of lord of the rings meets Maybe like an altered carbon. Have you seen uh-huh. that on Netflix? I saw like a bunch of it. Yeah. If you're a fan of that kind of like violent, uh, like the anti-hero stuff, uh-huh. The Witcher is like going to be an incredible, incredible series. It's an incredible book series too. But they're finally bringing it. I mean, it's the same. I think they brought it to a. I think it was supposed to be the Elder Scrolls, or there's another game that came out a couple like a decade ago. Jesus. Um, for like Xbox and PlayStation. Um, yeah, the Witch, uh, the Witcher was like a vaguely sounds familiar in terms of like a uh, game. I don't want to say like, like the game sounds the name sounds familiar from a game. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I'm not putting out a weekly dispatch this week, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna put a podcast out for myself, by the way. <laughs> you know what? While while I've while I've got you here, let me do a quick rundown of the weekly dispatch for the news for this week. Uh, the impeachment inquiry is official now for the House of Representatives, where they will host open forum investigations and sessions in the Judiciary Committee on the vote for impeachment. They will later vote on impeachment to see if the formal charges are brought, and then it goes to the Senate for an actual hearing where representatives for the president will be able to articulate their reasoning for these impeachments to be laid aside. Not a single president has ever been fully impeached by both 
House and Senate, that's pretty much just been eight federal judges. The wildfires in California are awful. Uh, They've subsided a little bit around San Francisco and the Napa Valley area, but multiple fires have sprung up outside of Los Angeles, making air quality all that much more worse. PG&E is largely responsible. Two years ago, the fires that took place outside were caused by sparks from a transformer. One of the reasons PG&E has been so awful for Californians is because outside of their high costs, they've done no updates to the infrastructure. So very dry seasons mixed with dry winds uh, coming from the coast are causing fires to spread significantly faster than they otherwise would. And that's pretty much the big news. And they still don't have uh, a president for Afghanistan yet. Oh, dude, when I was there, they just, um, I was getting alerts on my phone. They would turn off the power to like certain pa- like entire power grids where the fires are going. So they would turn off the power to that area because of that, that um, though you're talking about with the transformers sparking it. So like uh, one, I was reading like an article where like this one city they turn off the power to the city and then people are at home with like, um, like electronic, like electric dependent, like home, like uh, health supplies or like dying because they were they're like, they're like ventilators turned off at home and shit. Oh, it's awful. The it's crazy. As of like two weeks ago, the fires were within like one mile of over $12 billion worth of infrastructure and business. They've had to evacuate multiple hospitals, You've got already claims going back from two years ago. Uh, this year, you're going to have thousands of claims for smoke damage. You, that you know the insurance uh, companies are going to go after PG&E. They've already filed for bankruptcy. So where do you get the money? Who do you hold accountable for this kind of stuff? We I talked about it last week, but now the fires are in Southern California. Um, who has a, a different energy provider? It's just really bad for the state in general because yeah. they, they just can't seem to catch a break. It's rough. I would hate to be like when I was there, just like when I was in San Francisco, you could smell the smoke coming from like the where is it? Like northern like Marin Valley or whatever. Yeah, like Hillsburg, Windsor, the Napa Valley area. Yeah. It was like you could smell it, like you could see the haze coming from the smoke. It's kinda of kinda of crazy. Well, it's gonna be bad. Oh, Beta O'Rourke just dropped out of the I didn't see uh, that the race so that that wasn't a shocker he was only at like one to two percent elizabeth warren is still in the lead a couple percentage points above uh, joe biden and bernie sanders and then beto o'rourke is making uh since his movement out is is giving a couple percentage points to people like camilla harris and uh, pete Buttigieg. Uh, i think gabby tulsa would probably be the next person to most likely drop out and then uh yang is probably not going to drop out just because i think he's going to be like everyone's favorite just mm-hmm. going forward because he's a nice guy yeah uh i did see, oh you know what I, wa- I watched joker the new joker movie have you seen it yet <coughs> i have not seen it so break it down what was it like i actually thought it was really like disturbing like it was just like uneasy to watch like his like mental illness and it was just a, it was a great movie um it was like very beautifully shot like this like the scene like the cinematography was like beautiful and the way the shots were set um and, and Joaquin Phoenix like crushed it like he was an amazing joker like I think that was like, uh, like Oscar, an Oscar performance worthy I think Oscar worthy performance by him 
it was so That's good awesome. yeah but like the depiction of like mental illness and like the lack of like support for mental illness it was kind of like kind of it was just like a very like not comfortable to watch like the entire time i was like like you know i was kind of like uncomfortable watching which i'm sure was their intent to do that but it was just so i think it was a great movie but it was like kind of it's kind of scary because i was like weren't like i could see like somebody that was like mentally ill or or had like these issues kind of like being inspired by the story or the movie to like you know go out and like kill people and do like be like become like a joker so i could see well new york is is loving the fact that he shot that famous dance sequence yeah, in Brooklyn on this up on the steps yeah. because you're getting a lot of very basic individuals going to take photos there uh-huh. and then they're getting mugged and people don't care because it's just like the fire festival, like watching young privileged kids go and spend money on something as stupid as a giant festival like that, you know, on Pablo Escobar's, former island turned bahamas yeah like just it's like very gratifying to watch so it's like a running joke here that some basic dude or gal will go dressing up like the joker and then you've just got some individuals with ulterior motives just waiting on the you know side oh that was a great photo did you get it posted okay now give me your phone (laughs) thank you hey by the way you've got 25 likes so far i don't know if that's going to make your day but can i have your shoes too like this is Brooklyn, you, you right? You hear about it almost daily. I love it. I think it's I think it's it's hysterical <coughs> that people are so about this Instagram clout that they're overlooking, you know, common Basic sense. Basic security, yeah. Personal security. Do you think Jared Leto is going to be really disappointed? Because word was he tried to have the studio shut down the production of the movie since he wasn't given a leading role. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like his character either way yeah hot topics joker yeah hot topics joker okay here's a question what do you like less hot topics joker or ben affleck batman standalone movie i don't know that's a tough question i would i would take ben affleck's batman before i'd watch another jerry leto joker Okay, would you watch a cyborg backstory movie, standalone movie, or a Jared Leto-filled Suicide Squad 2 movie? That what? The first one? Uh, the cyborg dude, the, the uh, robot dude from yeah. Justice League. I'd probably watch that than Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is so fucking bad. Oof, what would you watch a Jared Leto performance over pretty much anything i mean over like nothing i like watch anything besides charlie though that's pretty bad that's not he's got an oscar you know yeah not for joker no not for joker that's for sure that movie was trash carrot carrot divine or whatever yeah she uh she made a slight comeback in that new show Carnival Row on Amazon with like the ageless Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's doing well. I don't know what Jared Leto's up to other than like emo music. Yeah. Was it 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah. Is it 30 Seconds I think so. I mean, I like, it. I like it as a person. I just don't think he's a very good actor and fucking Joker. Oh, okay. This will be the question. 
a standalone Jeremy Renner Hawkeye movie or a standalone Jared Letter Joker movie? Hawkeye. But you can't introduce any cool characters. Like this is like an Ant Man standalone movie. You're not gonna have like I'll do I'm Hawkeye. not even gonna I'm not even gonna give you Samuel L. Jackson. Hawkeye for show. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Oh, he's he's the worst. I like better than Jared Leto. If in Endgame, both he and Scarlet Witch could have just jumped off the cliff on Voromir, <laughs> I think I would have been like just as happy as like it's like the the two most worthless characters in that universe. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, what time is it? I'll say What's you want me to do some reviews. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the reviews because I'm I'm illiterate when it comes to. to so these are kind those. of old. These are back from October 11th and 16th. So it tells us how long it's been since we did one of these. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, from Sean or Seafall, uh, he says, "Big fan of the podcast and the Kronos Fit Mission." A little short but sweet. And then Malric P wrote. Quote, I came across Cronus Fit looking to get some military specificity to my haphazard strength and conditioning workouts. I've been hitting it hard for a couple months, for a few months now, and though my schedule requires me to split most workouts up into two a days, I feel great. Beyond the training, though, my favorite part of Cronus Fit is this podcast. Bobby and Sean epitomize the best part of the military and that they are genuine guys who seek to help others actualize their goals and do so by sharing their experiences through lighthearted banter. Those in the military get the most from this podcast, particularly you, Army Cats, but many of the lessons and discussions are universal. Yeah, that's a really, really nice uh, review. That's a great review. It never took some time out to uh, write a like, solid review for us. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, you want to start wrapping up for, the, for today? Yeah, uh... Guys, make sure you know we're we're coming up to a point um, where you need to register for voting for the next election. Make sure that when you register, look at dates for the next races that impact you beyond the presidency, including the Senate and the House. If you can't name your state representative, you're also failing yourself to an extent because there's a lot of legislation that impacts you on a daily basis you might not be aware of or criminal justice reform that you hear talked about, but you just don't know about because your representative is not someone that you have done any research into. So my soapbox for today is register to vote. If you're in the military and you were like me and you thought I shouldn't be voting because I follow the orders of the president and if somehow it came down to just my vote, I would be determining the entire course for our country and you know you have one of those kind of feelings uh, I would urge you just to make sure you get your your vote heard you don't have to vocalize who you voted for that'd be the professional uh, standard that you have as a junior enlisted uh, soldier or junior officer or any one of the senior uh, level uh, non-commissioned officers and officer types so just get out there vote try to inspire people and use your citizenship to the best of your abilities yeah, one of my uh, which one of my uh, professors at med school had like a great saying where he's like, "If you're bitching about the about the current state of the government and you didn't vote, you can't talk about it." Or like something along those lines, where like if you didn't vote, you can't talk about how or you can't complain about the government because you forfeited your right to complain. 
No, absolutely. And if you're not taking part in writing the member of Congress that represents your district or your state or, you know, your state representative, since we do have, you know, state rights and federal rights and sometimes they don't completely line up. Um, if you don't know about those or you're not inquiring about those, then you're just really not using what the Founding Fathers uh, intended uh, for our Constitution and Declaration of Independence and all the subsequent amendments. Okay, just wasting your time. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, if you're a pizza place in New York and you want to sponsor the podcast or at least give us some slices while we're up, we'll do reviews of the pizza uh, as it relates to our fitness recovery. Yeah, I crushed a piece of the yesterday after 20.4. Well, you can do 20.5 up here. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, next week will be the last uh, week of the Open. So for my program, we're going to finish out 20.5 to like a deload week and then move into off-season programming. Probably do like a 12 to 16 week hypertrophy block and then some other fun stuff. Uh, So just stay tuned for the upcoming functional fitness cycles. Uh, we also now have personalized emails too. So instead of emailing the HQ at Cronus Fit, you can actually email us individually if you guys have any questions. So Sean is Sean at CronusFit.org, and I, Bobby, am at Bobby at CronusFit.org. Uh, so you can hit us up directly uh, if you have any questions. As always, you can always hit us up on the website. Uh, I kind of reorganized the website a little bit more uh, the other day. Uh, we're gonna have some more swag coming up. Uh, I got some sweatshirts or hoodies that I'm trying out. Enjoy, kind of liked this uh, new hoodie that I ordered and trying it out. Uh, so we have some more swag on the store. Some more programs gonna be putting up. Sean actually just uploaded the 175 program for free. Not sure if any of you guys have checked that out yet. Yeah, if you guys want to check out 175, uh, that got up last week. So it's got all of the weeks. Proceeding it uh, wrapped up into a nice two-page PDF for your pleasure. So you can always check out those programs. Hit us up on the website. Email us. Hit us up on Instagram. We're always trying to be available as much as we can. But, you know, both Sean and I are pretty busy with school. And (coughs) we can't always get to you on a timely basis, but we try as hard as we can. Oh, and speaking of busy, uh, we're looking at possibly running... Uh, an internship for a spring semester or a summer semester. So if you're an individual that's looking at small business development or uh, fitness development, uh, hit us up at hq at chronosfit.org. Send us a resume, what you're generally interested in, uh, and we can see if we can help you out either with uh, introducing some methods for programming or running the website or any of those other things if, if you have any interest in branching off and doing something on your own as you transition. Yes, that is another great idea, like an internship program. As Like we talked about, we're both pretty busy, so we would love to bring some more people onto the team, but it's about finding the right people for the team, and we're not willing to sacrifice our standards for someone that does not fit. So if you're interested... Or extremely good-looking. That isn't extremely good-looking. Yeah, it mu- must be uh, body 10, face 10, <laughs> my weakness. Um, but yeah, that, I think I'll wrap this up for this week. Uh, we Absolutely. Will, Bobby, uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you, you next week. I bring up the stuff. We can podcast uh, and hang out. I'm looking forward to hanging out next week in the city. 
All right, guys. Catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Peace.